Welcome. It's indisputable. I'm your host, Sean Richie. Good to be with you. We apologize for a few technical difficulties. We are back in action now. All right. Breaking down news of the day. None other than the incomparable Sharon Reed, host, commentator, and TYT sports contributor, all-star. Always a fascinating analysis. Top story of the day. Finally, a settlement has been reached. Let's highlight the reality of exploitation inside of medical science against Black people. Here's what happened in the original context. Here it is. They even shared your genome, your personal genetic code with the public. This was all done without consulting her family. According to the Wall Street Journal, scientists today buy her cells for anywhere from 400 to thousands of dollars per vial. Yesterday, her estate filed a lawsuit against the biotech company Thermo Fisher Scientific, accusing it of profiteering off of Henrietta Lacks cells. The company has not publicly responded to this suit. Well, they publicly responded today. Let's put up Miss Lacks' picture full mass. Let me give you the background to this. Henrietta Lack, her family, has finally settled a lawsuit over the use of her actual cells. She has something called HELOC cells. This was to advance medical research. Attorneys representing the family of Henrietta Lacks on Tuesday announced a settlement of their lawsuit against Thermo Fisher over the use of cells in scientific research. The lawsuit demanded the family be paid for the company's use of Ms. Lack's cells, which were taken without consent in the 1950s and used in research. Lack's cells were biopsied when she visited John Hopkins Hospital for treatment of cervical cancer, known as HELOT cells. The cells from Ms. Lack's body led advanced research in a wide range of medical fields, including vaccine development, cancer treatments, and AIDS research. Civil rights attorney Ben Crump and attorney Chris Seeger released a statement about the settlement on Tuesday, which would have been Lack's 103rd birthday. Quote, members of the family of Henrietta Lacks and Thermo Fisher have agreed to settle the litigation filed by Henrietta Lacks estate in U.S. District Court in Baltimore. The statement said, the terms of the agreement will be confidential. The parties are pleased that they were able to find a way to resolve this matter outside of court and will have no further comment about the settlement. Now, let me say this, because I remember when this was part of the public debate about Ms. Lack's sales. And there were some who said, well, you know, this is all for the advancement of medical research. This is about humanity. No, this was about profiteering. This was about making advancements in capitalism. Now, did they utilize Ms. Lack's sales in order to create medical advancement? Of course, that's the way the industry works. But I want you to think about this. The one thing that 
we should absolutely own is our body. If you don't own anything else on this planet, you should at least own your own body. And if somebody decides to take a piece of your body, take a piece of your skin tissue, your cells, your blood, and make significant wealth off of your exploitation, do you think the individuals who took it are noble? Do you think they were simply thinking about the advancement of humanity, medical science, or their bank account? I'm glad the settlement was reached. It happened in the 1950s. The reality is it happened to a whole lot of black people. Most we would never hear about, we would never know about. Not too long ago, the CDC director literally posted, posted on social media, basically a, you know, congratulations about Tuskegee. Those poor souls who were lied to, manipulated. That was not a sacrifice as positioned by the CDC. Once again, that was a criminal act. All right, sharing thoughts here. Uh, Manny, you know, if we are so terrible, such a drain, Dr. Ritchie, on society, take more than we give. That's the big mm. lie that is told about black people. Why do you keep stealing so much from us? These cells are the essence, literally, of humanity. These cells are why, this is not an overstatement. Right. We have the COVID-19 vaccine that Big Pharma raked in more than $90 billion. I almost said million as of last year. Right. Show them the money and frankly, give it back. Give it back. Yeah. Well, we shall see if other lawsuits come because naturally, as I said, Slacks is not the only one. Um, glad this settlement did happen that the family agreed with. All right, I want to do this. Put up the picture of what they did to this woman. A cop literally decided to physically assault a woman who simply recorded the mishandling of a black male. Let's keep the picture up. In Missouri, Latoya Parker was stunned, slammed, and then kneed by cops after trying to film police mishandling a black man at a gas station. She plans to file a federal excessive force lawsuit against Cape Garrado, City, Missouri. It's officers and the chief of police. Let's put up her Facebook photo. Uh, this is what she looks like without being criminally assaulted by the police. Ms. Parker says she arrived at the gas station on the 1100 block of North Sprague Street unaware of any disturbance. She reported, excuse me, the Semisurian reported police were responding to a fight between Kalia Miles and Michelle Miles, attempting to disperse the crowd when the two pulled up to the scene. According to Ms. Parker's account, the officers were mishandling a young man, and she decided to exercise her right to record. Officers told her, get back. And despite trying to comply and stepping back as instructed, officers still assaulted her. 
At this time, she says her memory became hazy as she was forcibly dragged out of her Jeep by her hair, arms, and neck by the police. Quote, I remember first just being tased in my chest, which I have a really big burn and bruise on my chest from and after that. I just remember just my body being in shock and not being able to move my limbs. Ms. Parker recalled, adding she was tased multiple times in her butt and just down in personal areas. Ms. Parker says the officer slammed her and kneed her in the back, even as she was incapacitated on the ground. Surveillance video captures the incident and shows officers standing around her on the ground and her not being a threat to them at all. Eventually, the police placed her in the back of a van where she pleaded for medical attention. At first, her requests were ignored and she was taken to the police station, not the hospital. Let's put a picture back up, remind people what they did to her. After release from the, hosp- after release from the police station, excuse me, uh, the police department decided to release her mugshot to the public. In it, she is seen wearing a neck brace. Park posted online that she can't use the arm that was tased over seven times. So the police made a statement, all right? I'm going to read the statement from PD. The department also said that it was stunned because, quote, an officer attempted to detain Parker for failing to disperse, and Parker began pulling away from the officer. Parker was then tased by another officer and assisted to the ground. The statement continued. While on the ground, Parker refused to place her hands behind her back and was drive stunned in order to gain control of Parker's hands. The act of drive stunning is when officers place a taser directly on a person's skin rather than a device that is shot at the subject. Uh, Put them up. Chief of police, Buck stops with him. His name is Wes Blair. He's the guy in charge. He's the guy that approved the ridiculous wording of their statement. He's the individual who does not give a damn about his own community when you have this kind of reckless behavior. Uh, Naturally, naturally, you are allowed to record, at least for now. There are laws trying to limit it, and some laws have been presented to eliminate it altogether. But as of today, we still have barely a democracy, so you can still kind of record until something like this happens. The reality is, if we do not have proper enforcement of these particular violations of a person's right, you will have a rule without effect because an infraction is only as strong as the will to enforce. And when you allow a culture, a local culture of policing to override a constitutional right, something that is not legally, uh, something that is not illegal, but legally allowed, you will find that it does something to that community. It strikes fear in them. So people start to give up their right to record because they are afraid they will end up like Ms. Parker. See how it works? It's a psychological tactic that they're attempting to do. Many of the bills that have been passed that never made it to law, but they passed committee, they passed one chamber of the House, but never made it into law, 
were simply ways to make the public afraid. But stand strong. Remember that you do have the right to record in public areas. Anyone. Because that's how it works. All right. Share your thoughts here. Uh, this is a vicious assault. Uh, the kind of tasing you describe, I believe it could also be attempted murder. It yeah. is that serious. And they've got to be held accountable criminally, which, by the way, makes it much easier. She, she, she's going to get paid. She should to hold someone civilly liable. But these folks, the good citizens of Cape Girardeau City, Missouri, are in danger because these vicious thugs are apparently still out there terrorizing people. I would call Dr. Ritchie on the mayor, Stacy Kinder, I think yep. her name is, to do her job. Fire Wes, the chief. Fire yeah. him tonight. Yeah, and here's the thing. This kind of policing leads to massive defunding of the police. It seems as if, once again, they're not concerned when the police defund the police. At the end of the day, there's still a taxpayer dollar going outside of your community. Could be utilized to do great things. All right. This is an update. Remember the story that we brought you of the deputy sheriff who took his fist, decided to physically assault a black mother with her baby in her hands. We have more, informa more information that shows, well, the mother was breastfeeding her baby inside of the car when pulled over. Let me remind you of the original video and I will provide the update. Here it is. The sheriff, the sheriff did condemn the actions of the deputy. Let's follow the alleged logic of this deputy. He's saying he needs to take the baby away and wants to provide a safe atmosphere for the child. That's the premise of them taking the child away. So in the process of doing so, he puts the child in danger by physically punching the mother who's holding the child. Regardless of what you may think about her compliance or not, this is a special circumstance. You need to have a conversation. There was also another alternative. Somebody said, Hey, I'm not going to jail. I can take 
the child myself. We can get a car seat. We can take care of this. It does not, the child does not have to go with the police. They refuse to listen. Let's get to it. Put up the picture for a mask. On July 24th, lawyers filed a federal uh, civil rights lawsuit on behalf of Ms. Yayo Russell, the mother who was punched against Los Angeles County and several unnamed sheriff deputies for excessive force when arresting the mother for a traffic stop in 2022. The complaint follows after Sheriff Robert Luna's condemnation of the incident where officers violently separated Miss Russell from her then three week old baby, three weeks. The three week old baby son was in her arms. Her son is named as a plaintiff also in the lawsuit obtained by Atlanta Black Star. And good work, by the way, uh, by Atlanta Black Star on this story. The footage was released one year after the incident and has since sparked significant public outcry. Per CNN, attorney Jamin Hicks, pictured right of Miss Russell, addressed a central allegation in the lawsuit, saying the LA County Sheriff's Department, quote, has had a practice and a custom of using excessive force against uh, Antelope Valley residents, specifically using force against black women. Hicks said, per the LA Times, that because it took a year before the body cam was released, it shows the mentality of the county sheriffs in that area. According to lawyers, Russell was breastfeeding her baby moments before the deputies stopped the car and decided to arrest her. The deputies even tugged on her baby's leg before taking the child away and detaining Russell, who was thrown into jail. This case is about more than just punches. It is about the way the deputies treated this mother, Hicks said. In her complaint, she claims that she was compelled to get rid of her breast milk before spending four days in jail. Once locked up, Russell says she had, quote, no idea where her child was or if it was okay. The civil suit does not specify a specific monetary amount for damages sought. Instead, it alleges that the deputies involved in the arrest violated the Fourth Amendment and the Fourth Amendment's safeguards against unreasonable search and seizure. It also points at the city alleging municipal liability, unconstitutional custom, practice, or policy, and municipal liability failure to properly train. This is basically um, a negligent hire uh, type of suit, uh, saying these individuals lack the prerequisite training, which was a system issue um, contextualized in the sheriff's department. Let me remind you of the details, okay? Because the details are important. The incident happened in the um, city of Palmdale, of Palmdale, when deputies pulled over a car driving at night. According to the report, the car did not have headlights on. This was July 13, 2022. The officer's body cam recorded that incident that began around midnight. Luna reported that the deputies detected an odor of alcohol during the stop. The vehicle was carrying a total of four females and three infants, including Miss Russell and her child, as all passengers. The male driver was found to have a suspended license and was arrested on DUI and felony child endangerment charges. Deputies had discovered three women in a vehicle were holding the babies in their arms instead of using car seats. And they also were arrested on felony child endangerment charges 
one of those women was Miss Russell. It's a damn shame. The lack of care, the devaluing of human life was evident in the way they handled that entire thing. So here's what's going to really bite them. Not only how they handled it, but the pattern they have already displayed. And according to the attorney, which by the way, Higgs is a serious attorney. If he's saying that there's a pattern specifically against women of color in that region, by way of these deputies, he's already done the research. He would not make a statement like that without having significant, significant evidence to back it up. He's sending a warning shot to the opposition that this information will become part of the judicial record. Sharon, thoughts here? Uh, they don't need more training. Right. They it, it, stupid and no idea how to de-escalate something. Very simple. Okay, so Sheriff Luna can save his condemnation. I did see child endangerment, and I think that belongs on a police report That's right. against the thug cops. Yep. Because I also saw a violent assault and the optics, Doctor Richie. This is like the slave. Protocol stuff. Mm-hmm. Rip the mm-hmm. baby. Your property. This is a property transaction. I would like to see the UCLA criminal justice program get all the body cam footage. It is a case study. It is one that is worthwhile. You made such a great point about child endangerment. The only physical child endangerment that, that was seen, mm-hmm. as you said, was the deputy punching a mother holding a three week old baby. All right, we will give you updates as they develop. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We still have a lot of show left. All right, let me read some of these amazing comments. Kind of pressed for time. We'll read as many as I can. Uh, Winter scoop, and, and that's correct, winter scoop. They didn't just use Henrietta's cells. They took a flesh, they took a blood, they took a part of her body for their own gain. That's correct. Uh, Bernie, the Kiwi dragon, very, very appropriate for Miss Lack's family, especially considering the advances made from studying the cancer cells. Non-human humanist, and thank you for that. Without HELOT cells, no human cell cultures could exist. The many companies selling these do it with a Profit. Mrs. Lax should have been asked for informed consent. Proper compensation was about time. I agree. And non-human humanists, thank you for that. For such minor, for such a minor thing, separating a breastfeeding mother from an infant is considered in civilized places as a human rights violation. You are correct. All right. Got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel great! Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. I'm driving, lady. I'm driving. I'm driving. I'm driving. I'm driving, lady. (laughs) What the? Now, you may have one impression about what you just saw. But see, this is why context is important. Let's take it to the beginning. Look at this lady over here recording me. 
I'm driving. I'm driving. Look at this. This is crazy. I met my first. I met my first Karen. I met my first Karen. I'm thinking if I should run her over, bro. Yo, lady, listen, listen. I'm trying to tell you something. I put a package there. I couldn't reverse. I, I didn't know. I didn't know that. Put a sign right there that says, "Yo, no one should come into here." But I didn't know. Okay. I'm driving. I'm driving. I'm driving. I'm driving, lady. I'm driving. I'm driving. I'm driving. I'm driving, lady. <laughs> what the? I mean, now, he could have just run over you. Put up the picture full mask. According to the poster, this Karen told the delivery driver to leave and not return there um, because he delivered a package, had to turn around. She got upset that he is either A, on her property or close to her property. There's obviously no, tr no trespassing sign. Because he alludes to the fact that she should put one up there so that people would know. It's an honest mistake called unintentional trespass. But let's just say it was an intentional trespass. You know, somebody pulls up in your elongated driveway and they turn around. When they're trying to leave and you have decided to, well, not let them. That's illegal. Once you also engaged Karen, in the destruction of the property that you want to leave the premise, once again, in every jurisdiction in this country, that is a criminal offense. Yeah. So let's weigh here. Let's weigh it. Who gets the most charges? A guy with an unintentional trespass, possibly, or somebody who literally decided to stop the movement of another human being and then destroy their property while being recorded. This is what I don't understand about Karen. So what's the end game here? What's the goal? Did you reverse engineer the decision? What did you want to happen? Uh, Sharon, I got to tell you, I would have been in fear for my life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I saw so many things there, uh, Dr. Ritchie. Number one, these Karens are dangerous everywhere, no matter where they are. But yep. when they're in their natural habitat, even more so. This man is lucky to be alive because this Karen, had he not been recording, if you don't record, you're a fool. Okay? Yeah. You got to record or you're a fool. She could have gotten away with shooting him dead. And you're so right about trespassing. I believe I even consulted with you when a Person decided to wander onto one of my property's porches and pleasure himself. The authorities showed up and told me, even though it was captured on camera, well, you don't have a sign that says no trespassing. You'll want to put that up, Miss Reed. 
because there's nothing we can do. Lucky to be alive. Wow. Isn't that something? All Terrorizing. right. Hell of a thing. Mm-hmm. We won't give you an update, but I do hope the guy's okay. If you're okay, you know, give us a sign that you're all right. Shoot us an email. Okay. A cop who watched, who let, who allowed a human being to drown in front of him and then would not allow anyone to help the individual. Let's put up this picture. Very sad story. Now the lawsuit. Lawsuit claims Tennessee cops watched a man drown for 13 minutes. Heartbroken mother, Kimberly Williams Clavo has now filed a $4 million lawsuit against Tennessee police officer, um, uh, officers, excuse me, allegedly who stood by watching her son drown for nearly 13 minutes. Now, the story gets even more gruesome. On July 25th of last year, Mika Willer Clavo found himself in the Tennessee River after appearing to flee from a Knoxville police officer or officers. According to DailyMail.com, the suit alleges Clabo fell in the river at 10.14 a.m. barefoot with only a T-shirt and underwear on. Police arrived shortly after at 10.22 a.m. A nearby restaurant employee allegedly offered a 20-foot-long toe strap to throw out to the drowning young man. To the officers as he drowned merely a few feet away from the riverbank, if that, the same man offered to get keys to a storage area that held a flotation device or flotation devices, or even get a small boat, anything. They were trying to provide assistance. Seeing how close he was to the riverbank and familiar with the water, depth and current, another employee told officers, I can reach them, I can get them. These men and others were warned off by the police officers. They were told not to provide life-saving assistance. One police officer repeatedly told them, he'll drown you too, end quote. Kimberly is now suing officials over alleged civil rights violations and wrongful death. Requesting a jury trial at the United States District Court of the Eastern District of Tennessee. Kimberly describes her son as a hardworking, recovering opioid and heroin addict who lost everything after turning back to drugs in the days before he died. Knoxville police are firing back. In a statement released on Twitter, the department says, and I quote, While Mika Clabo's death was undoubtedly tragic, the KPD officers involved did not respond inappropriately. And the city will vigorously defend this lawsuit. The officers immediately called for assistance from additional specialized resources. And any suggestion that they prevented reasonable or safe attempts to rescue is not supported by the facts. Now, you see what they did in the statement. They said any allegation, basically, that our officers 
stop reasonable, appropriate attempts to save. Um, you know, officers do not have a duty to protect, according to the United States Supreme Court. I know that sounds insane and ironic, but that is the ruling of the Supreme Court. They do not have a duty to protect by way of the Constitution. They would like, however, for us to treat them like heroes. They want to be known as men and women of valor. Act like it. This was a simple call. If you don't have the courage to save a human life, why would you stop someone else who does have the courage to do so? We've been here before. Hell, we got mass shootings where children are being shot and killed. And mothers had to go past the barricade of cops inside of the school and get children out themselves. If you're not a hero, don't parade as one. Don't show up making people think that you're about to save somebody when you know good and damn well you won't. Let's put it up full mass. Involved officers include William Romani, Romani, Joseph, Ma, uh, Joseph Martina, Brandon Brewer, and Timothy Campbell. Photos of the officers are still unavailable until this day. But we got this guy. This is the chief of police, Paul Noel. Uh, he is. He was hired, ironically, to clean up the department, which has a hell of a history of police misconduct. And as soon as he gets an opportunity to actually exert leadership, he decides to be a coward like the last police chief. This is a department we covered earlier this year for the death of Lisa Edwards in back of a police vehicle. Involved officers then were Adam Brown, Timothy Destasio, Sergeant Brandon Wardlaw, and Transportation Officer Danny Dugan. They are still yet to face any real consequences. So what do we have here? We have a repeat offender. I'm talking about the police department. No accountability. Individuals' rights being violated, a lack of care, concern. You know, new training will not take a coward and make them a hero. New training will not take a bigot and make them righteous. You got to get a new cop. We keep talking reform, but the conversation should be more about replacement. We need a new recruitment model, a new standard, new police officers. All right, Sharon, thoughts? He ran, and these thugs in uniform, judge and jury, gave him the death penalty. Yeah. It's as simple as that. It really is. Serve and protect. I want it wiped off the police vehicles. It's a lie. I don't want to see any more smiling police photos with their chins up. They need to lower them, keep their heads more humble appearing. 
It's just that simple. The quote was relax and hang out there, dude. That's yeah. what they allegedly said. Had this been a dog, Dr. Ritchie, mm. he'd be alive. The mm-hmm. animal would, the animal, and be posing and the star of local news pickers. Yep. That's what we would be saying. Oh, who wants to adopt Fido? Had it been a dog. So sad, but so true. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. A lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. Lynn says, what is the big effing deal with someone turning around your driveway? Nothing. I mean, running out to stop them from leaving is the opposite of what you said you wanted to have happen. Okay. Uh, Fritza, I think this is Jacques or Jacques. Thank you for that, by the way. When my cousin was born, I was the one to carry her in the car when she was going home. And I was 17. I'm sure the mom felt the same as I did. I got you. Yeah. C. Michael Henson. Thank you, C. Michael. I missed the last part. Did Karen get ran over? Um, I don't think so. We may want to check, though. And Twitch. Uh, Mike Wolf Mayor, this is the last scene from Get Out. <laughs> Talking about the Karen. It, it really is the last scene. Uh, that was funny. All right. Hell of a thing is going viral on social media, trying to find out more information. I'll take you to the video. Here it is. All right, let's put up the picture full mass. Now, there is a version of this that has the uh, words that were exchanged, where basically there's a conversation. He is seemingly upset about this conversation and then allegedly attacks the individual. Let me give you the claims about the incident by users online. Attention, Facebook, this was placed by Wayne Taft in Brentwood, Missouri. Attention, Facebook community. We need your help in finding justice for a young black adult female who was allegedly assaulted at Whole Foods in Brentwood. An unknown, an unknown white middle-aged man struck her in the face and mysteriously fled the scene before the police arrived. We implore you to share this post and spread the word. Let's come together as a community to identify the attacker and ensure he faces the consequences of his actions. Your support is crucial in bringing closure to the victim's family and ensuring the safety of our neighborhood. If you have any information regarding this incident, please contact the local authorities immediately. Together, we can make a difference and bring the perpetrator to justice. Thank you for your assistance. Hashtag justice for Brentwood victim. Hashtag community support. Whole Foods. Now, what's the problem with this statement? That it should be coming from the police department. It should be coming from the local authorities. But it's coming from concerned citizens, advocates, 
leaders who have no gun, have no badge, or they have a heart. Um, If you know who this person is, according to the poster and the narrative provided, you can call the Brentwood Police Department at 314-644-7100. You can fax them at 314-646-7909. All right. Hell of a thing. Um, The woman uh, was a black is a black female uh, who was attacked, allegedly attacked. And I have noted many times before, and it remains true today, that black women are the most unprotected demographic in this entire country and frankly beyond. This happened inside of a Whole Foods according to the narrative. Well, Whole Foods typically, well, they got cameras. They have a security guard. They have methods in order to provide information to law enforcement by way of their own surveillance. Why do we not have more information than this? All right, sharing thoughts here. Because nobody cares about black women who can hold their own, do the heavy lifting, hold everybody together, and our trauma, mental health, and flat out violence against us just doesn't matter much. Kudos to the community, and you're right. Where, had this been a white woman that this happened to? I'm so, and don't talk to me about, you know, Sharon, you just keep talking about race. No, race keeps slapping and punching black women and men in the face. There you go. That's right. It's disgusting to me. That could have been me, Rashad. That's what I was thinking. Yep. This guy needs to be obviously apprehended. Uh, justice has to be allocated and big ups to the community for doing exactly what needed to be done to bring attention to this because naturally many tried to brush it under the rug. We'll bring you updates as they come. The disabled woman dies uh, under care of EMTs and the family can't sue. The details on this one, the estate of Tamisha Bochamp. 20-year-old woman with cerebral palsy filed a federal lawsuit after she was declared deceased by first responders in Southfield, Michigan, and placed in a body bag, despite not actually being dead. However, a court just ruled, July 26, the EMTs were immune from civil prosecution. I mean, I take that to mean no matter what they do, you can't sue, you can't recover. There's more Bochamp. Pronounced dead August 23rd, 2020, at her residence by EMTs after they ended life saving procedures when they noticed no signs of life. First responders arrived on the scene 20 minutes after Beauchamp's mother, Erica Lattimore, found her unresponsive in her bedroom. Lena Blackstar with the reporting. At approximately 8 a.m., the EMTs stopped performing CPR, they pronounced her dead. According to Courthouse News Service, however, family members notice her chest moving and claim that she still had a pulse. But the paramedics claim that Bochamp's chest movements and pulse were a result of her body reacting to medications and not signs of life. Now, the lawsuit named the first responders 
as Michael Storm, Scott Ricard, Philip Mulligan, and Jake Kroll, okay? The lawsuit additionally read, they also called a doctor to obtain permission to stop trying to resuscitate Boat Champ. Although they had already stopped resuscitative efforts more than five minutes before receiving such permission. Now, Boat Champ's nurse and godmother Savannah Spears told WXYZ TV Detroit Channel 7, she felt a pulse after the EMTs pronounced her dead. It was faint, but I felt a pulse. I've been a nurse for 38 years and I kinda know when there's a pulse and when there's not. Ochamp was put inside a body bag taken to a funeral home by an employee of the mortuary. Three hours later, the embalmer opened the body bag and found Bochamp with her eyes wide open and gasping for breath. She was rushed to the hospital, placed on a ventilator, and she died of an anoxic brain injury October 18th, 2020. According to the Detroit Free Press, the four EMTs were placed on leave and the family filed a lawsuit against the four EMTs and the city of Southfield claiming they violated the 20 year old civil rights by being deliberately indifferent to her serious medical need and treatment that resulted in a private act of violence. US Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit ruled first responders were immune from the $50 million lawsuit that the EMTs had qualified immunity from the estate's constitutional claims. Qualified immunity protects government officials from constitutional rights, liability, and civil lawsuits unless it can be proved that they violated clearly established law, which in practice has meant Wow, this, I mean, it's just incredible to read this. In practice, it has meant violations that are almost factually identical to previous misconduct instances that courts have ruled were unconstitutional. Now, the judge in this case, her name, Julia Gibbons, US Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit. She wrote, it is hard to see how it could be clearly established that the first responders exposed Beauchamp to a private act of violence when they mistakenly believed she was dead and left her in her family's care to be processed for routine funeral proceedings, which included the funeral home employees act of putting Beauchamp's presumed dead body into a bag to transport her to a funeral home. Gibbons continued, if anything, the fact that numerous laypersons recognized signs that Beauchamp was still alive suggest that the city could reasonably have expected the first responders not to pronounce Beauchamp dead without special training on this topic. In the same vein, the obvious signs of life Beauchamp displayed also undermine the inference that the first responders would have acted differently had they received more training from the city. Mm -hmm. David, it's an extraordinary story. I, I can't think of anything more horrible except, I don't know, maybe years ago, I, I heard this story of someone who was similarly another place in, in, in the country as I recall or the world perhaps placed in a coffin and had fingernail marks on the lid when the body was exhumed. But this is a horrific way to die. I can't imagine that you can't communicate. All of this is going down, the body bag is zipped up over your head. 
And then stunned, this, this mortuary worker unzips it to find just an incredible find. Yeah, this, you. this is horrible. This is sickening. This is everything that's uh, that's wrong with these sort of situations. Um, is I, I can't understand for the life of me. Even if the EMTs did not have proper training, even if the EMTs, you know, reliable and some, I don't understand why it's not their protocol. Uh, to take her to the hospital anyway. I mean, you, you don't sign, find signs of life. Maybe you don't have the right equipment. After 20 minutes of trying, okay, you think that she's dead. But again, it, it feels like when you're dealing with somebody who is disabled, there's a set extra set of challenges, not only for her family, but also for the doctors and the physicians and the EMTs who are in her care. Because it's a different set of medical things that she might provide uh, as opposed to somebody who's you know able to sort of talk and normally and all that sort of thing. But the other strike that was unfortunately against her is I sort of feel like maybe because this family was African American because she's mm -hmm. disabled and she's African American there's a set, there's a sense among certain responders that well, you know, her life may be not as important as if we were going to the country club and rescuing a rich white kid who just got unconscious on the tennis court. That is a reality of our society. And, and I think if we want to change things, not only do we have to change qualified immunity, get rid of qualified immunity, make everybody responsible, but also you got to tell these EMTs every life is precious to the point that if you're not sure or if you're in a situation that you're, you're, you haven't felt you've never seen before, maybe a disabled kid who suddenly is unconscious, you take that person to the hospital, let the hospital use all of their equipment to sort of figure out what's going on. Yeah, and that's really it for me. And and people might say, oh, well, why are you jumping to to race, David? But what's it to you? The family was saying, hey, there's something else going on here. What's it to you to make that extra trip? Take the patient to the hospital and let them determine if you're going to call the doctor anyway. So I don't understand it. But I also, and I'm not, you know, I'm just a layperson, not a trained lawyer, but I don't understand the reasoning. From this judge, and maybe you're right, it's just the way the law is. But given the other circumstances, people, family member who said, I'm in the medical field and there's something going on here. Um, can't, can't a jury hear this? Can't there at least be that threshold? Yeah, I mean, even if you're saying, well, the, the EMTs are personally not liable, you can still make the organization of the EMTs, the emergency responders, or the city liable right. for what happened. And I would think that, you know, the city, if it had a conscience in Southfield, Michigan, wherever this happened, that they would say, okay, let's never mind what, what the what the courts have ruled. We're still gonna give you a private settlement because clearly there is some responsibility, some responsibility. I think most human beings can agree on people who declare somebody dead who's not dead. And that the suffering that that child had to go through, that child, the 20 year old had to go through for the sure. last several hours of her life is, is horrifying. So for that alone, you would hope that Southfield, Michigan, the community would do the right thing and say, okay, let's put aside the legal, the legalities, the qualified immunity with all that kind of stuff. Let's settle, let's give her family something to recognize the mistakes that our EMTs made. Yeah, because it, it boils down, you know, the judge even tackles, a, well, even with training, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it, it really boils down to something very simple. If I'm an EMT and I can't tell when someone's dead or alive, we're not talking about brain dead, okay? Is there a pulse to me that, that says, well, the city can be responsible for, shouldn't, shouldn't you at least have enough training and skill to be able to say with some certainty about that? Yeah, and look, Southfield, Michigan, that's a pretty wealthy suburb of Detroit. So they Absolutely. have the resources, both in terms of you know local resources and EMTs and police. 
they have the resources to make sure their people are trained. And clearly, if they're not trained on how to detect a pulse with somebody who is disabled or presents a different set of medical conditions, the city ought to be retraining them and getting them used to this sort of thing. But again, that's not gonna bring back this girl's life. And so for that reason alone, I hope that the family continues their lawsuit and sues the city in general, even if they can't sue the EMTs personally, and that the city does the right thing and acknowledges no human being should ever, ever have to go through something like this and die this way. And for that alone, the city ought to try to do something to make amends with the family. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Plus public confidence, as you said, wealthy area, but public confidence, okay, that would be my worst nightmare or for that to happen to a loved one. So we'll keep following it. What if I told you that not one, not two, not three, not four, but five, five individuals who have a job to protect children engaged in conduct not to protect the child, the minor, and they all got arrested for it, including the principal. Put him up full mass. Now, this is a damn shame. Palm Beach County, Florida. Five employees have been arrested for failing to report the sexual assault of a 15-year-old child. They include the school's principal, two assistant principals, a chorus of teachers, and a former counselor. They were charged after the girl's father contacted the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office seeking to pursue criminal charges against each of the staff members who he said, quote, were aware of the lewd and lascivious molestation and intentionally failed to report the incident to the Department of Children and Families as mandated by Florida state statute. According to a redacted affidavit in the case, on June 2021, a second student, a friend of the victim, wrote a letter addressed, quote, to whom this may concern, that expressed concern over her friend's well-being following the alleged sexual assault. In the letter, she said her friend, quote, had many problems with guys and has been sexually assaulted by two of them. I have witnessed both of them not taking no for an answer. She gave her letter to the chorus teacher. Quote, with confidence, he would see it was routed properly, the complaint said. However, the letter, which clearly outlined that the 15-year-old victim was sexually assaulted, was then passed between leadership at the school, none of whom reported it to the Department of Children and Families, according to the complaint. The matter did not resurface until the 15-year-old's parents eventually reported the assault to law enforcement in August of 2021, court records show. Aware of the allegations and arrest, Palm Beach District has decided to reassign the employees to positions that do not involve student contact. Did you hear me? They're reassigned. The allegations involving students occurred off of school property and over the weekend. However, no matter when or where any alleged assault against a student occurs, our policy aligns with the law, which requires all personnel to report suspected abuse 
Angela Cruz Ledford, spokesperson for the school district of Palm Beach County, said in a statement, quote, our policy aligns with Florida law, which mandates that certain individuals are designated as mandatory reporters. These individuals, which may include teachers, school administrators, counselors, and other school staff, are required to report any suspected cases of child abuse, neglect, or abandonment to the appropriate authorities. The district said in a second statement. So why is it that they are still getting a paycheck from taxpayers? Let me show you how wild this is. The parents had to get involved in order to hold all of these educators and administrators accountable. They get involved. They're in the district. They live there. They call the sheriff. Sheriff's department, they do an investigation. They find that the teachers, principals, they engaged in illegal activity. They are arrested. After they are arrested, they are then reassigned. So the same tax dollar is paying their salary right now. The father and the mother of the child who was left unprotected, they are still paying the salary of those educators, principals right now. I have no idea how how I would feel as a father if I was forced to continue to pay for this kind of insanity in the school district. But this is what they're being forced to do. We will bring you updates as they come. Bottom line, there's a mandate to report. It pretty much is the same for every jurisdiction. When we're talking about children, we play no games. We do not cut corners. And we do not say, well, this may not be a big deal. Every single time, it is a big deal. Every single time, you do it the right way. Sharing thoughts. And that's what mandatory report means. It's like when we have anti-sexual harassment training on the job. If you learn of it, even if you did not commit the act, you must report it or face the same consequences. Termination, up to and including termination. I can only think there was so much contact between the victim and these adults who lack any and all judgment and should be fired immediately and do real time. Something's got to be real serious here. I have to think they must agree with it. That's the only reason you, what's it? Why wouldn't you report it? Do you agree with this conduct? Yeah. Or or have they done it before? Is this something they do to protect the reputation of the institution? Um, Even though it comes at the expense of children, all of these things must be investigated thoroughly. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back. Still a lot of show left. Always good to have you join. Uh, Locks dim fire. Love that, by the way. Thank you. Damn, Sharon, where you said that they would give a dog a ticker tape parade, that was deep, but true AF. Mm. Yeah. Fritz uh, Jack. Dr. Rich, I love you. My last name is French. And the S is mute. I sure so love me some Sharon Reed Hart. We all do. David Morris always happens. 
smaller persons, never the people who look like LeBron. Um, talking about the grocery store incident and the alleged attack. And Twitch. Sassy underscore McSassface underscore drag. Love it. OMG, that privileged MF. He feels safe to do it on camera and in public. People like that are dangerous. That's right. That's why we highlight them. Minister to society. That's what they are. Okay. Very sad story. A man stabbed for voguing, dancing, being free in New York City. It is being probed as a hate crime. Put it up for a mass. Let me give you the background to this horrific story. Police sources say the NYPD has identified the suspect involved in a deadly gas station stabbing in Brooklyn over the weekend that left 28-year-old O'Shea Sibley a beloved professional dancer, a choreographer, dead. Uh, His death is being investigated as a hate crime. The choreographer known as Sibley was friends with the late Saturday night. I was friends with with friends, excuse me, late Saturday night, filling up a car. Real simple. They were having a good time. They were dancing while filling up the car. Uh, They were dancing to Renaissance by Beyonce, voguing. A group of men approached and told them to stop dancing. A group of men approached and told them to stop dancing. According to his friends and surveillance video of the altercation, these same men, that's what they're calling themselves, decided to use homophobic slurs. And Mr. Sibley, a proud gay man, confronted them about it. The argument escalated and the suspect stabbed Mississippi. The left is a photo of him early that day enjoying the beach. One of Sibley's best friends tried to stop the bleeding before he was taken to the medical center where he was pronounced dead. Surveillance video Still to the right. Police say the suspect was last seen wearing a black shirt with red shorts and is described as a teenager with dark hair. As of Monday morning, no arrests have been made. Mr. Sibley was a promising dancer, talented individual, had been part of the prestigious Philadelphia Dance Company before moving to New York City in 2019 and mixed his passion for dancing with social justice advocacy. An Ailey organization spokesperson said in a statement, Sibley, who was a studio participant, quote, had incredible, incredible energy in the studio and was loved by instructors and fellow students. <clears throat> I did this story uh, earlier today on my radio show, and I was struck by how unnecessary this was. Who has so much hate in their heart that people dance will cause you to want to approach them in anger? People can dance. Supposed to be a free country, right? 
but not simply one person, multiple individuals had the same sentiment. Maybe they did not like the way he was dancing or the group was celebrating. Mr. Sibley was happy. He was living his authentic life. He was not bothering anyone. And all of a sudden, in the most unnecessary of circumstances, here comes haters who obviously do not like themselves. If you can, if you can kill someone for dancing, because you think somehow they are violating a protocol or value that you have. You need to understand you're the evil one here. This is a human being who deserves absolute freedom to express his happiness. All right, we'll bring you updates. This story is still developing with new information. Share what are your thoughts? That picture you showed on the beach the same day earlier, that so beautiful, long line, so gifted. You could read everything into that picture, Dr. Richie. Dance equals love, happiness. As you said, I wish I could dance and just (laughs) feel that freedom. And to think that you could be robbed of breath just for dancing is so depraved. And America better look at their life. Look at your life. Because what you call culture wars, just inciting violence, hate, yep. murder. Yep, understand what they're doing now. They'll tell you, argue about this, Democrat, Republican. And then they go to the Senate floor and vote the exact same way on banks. They vote the exact same way on wars. They vote the exact same way as it relates to lack of funding for education. But they want you to fight among yourselves about things that they really don't care to change anyway. All right, this is going viral on social media. A little dated, but I thought I would bring it to you full mass. Here it is. What you coming, coming up for? What, bro? What? I don't got nothing. Oh, don't touch me. I don't got nothing, bro. Relax, relax. got nothing, bro. All right, look hard to me, all right? Look like an L-shaped I don't got nothing, man. All right, bro. got nothing, man. I don't need nothing. I don't need no business card. What you talking about? Knock it off. AB, stop. Shut up. You have anything on you? No guns? I don't got nothing, bro. Get away from me, bro. Nah, I don't need, I'm not, I'm not searching none of that searching. Oh, ain't nobody searching. All right, so don't touch me. I'm not, you can't search me. You can't search me. You don't go to RPG. Put up the picture full of masks. Interesting backstory here. So this incident involved rapper SG Nazi. It occurred back in March of this year. It's actually one of the videos, an opener to a video. Based on the video, officers um, Kozarik, we were able to get some of these names based on the screenshot. Diaz, Fletcher, and what appears to be a ranking officer. Um, they're members, according to the precinct badges. They're members of the New York Police Department 43rd Precinct. Um, and 43rd Precinct Commanding Officer Deputy Inspector Carlos S. Peralta. That is him. 
Now, here's what I noticed. Um, why are the police jumping out the van like they the gang? Oh, <laughs> it's because they are. Got it. All right, sharing thoughts here. Jump out, boys, gang. Yeah. 43. What, what, can we search you for your gang tats? It's <laughs> right. it. And then they have to travel in packs. You know, when they're solo, it's a different story. Yeah. My new favorite rapper. There it is. All right. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right. Welcome back. Let me read some of these comments. Press for time. We'll read as many as I can. Jack Yo says, I guess it's too much to mind your own business nowadays. Um, talking about the um, man who was killed, the dancer. Bernie the Kiwi Dragon, it was an uh, Imperial Stormtrooper detachment. <laughs> they did jump out the vehicle like, like they were part of some kind of, you know, stormtrooper unit. All right, I got a question for you. What in the red state? Hail. You can take a take gun, gun and shoot in the face. It's not hard. Sometimes it might even be fun if they're a godless commie. Now, what they're trying to do is sneak the COVID vaccine in your salads. I never had, I hate math. Somebody say amen. I can't anymore with people making fun of Jesus. I can't. That song that Everyone has heard the one hello cries about a sin again. It keeps coming up on my for you page and I can't. Jesus does not deserve this. The fact that people think that song is good makes me so angry. People are so lost. People are, are making fun of him and mocking him and using him for likes. Just stop. He died on the cross for our sins. We were supposed to be on that cross. We were supposed to be crucified. But he loved us so much that he died for all of us. For all of us. He thought of you on that cross. And yet you sing that blasphemous song. Oh, it makes me so sad that he died for us. And there's people singing that type of crap. Well. Are we talking about white Jesus or black Jesus? Black Jesus is not so easily offended, I must tell you. Now, now I must admit this. The woman is upset because of a song by Flyana Boss mentioning Christ in a song. Um, Christ, I'm going to go back to that in just a minute. I want to remind the young lady who's terribly upset about this, um, that Jesus died for the sins of the world, according to scripture, which include the individual who made the song. You are so upset about the grace, the love of God permeates to that person as well. But I must submit to you, young one, I have not seen anyone clown Jesus as hard as Trump and the Christian evangelical church. Now, if you want to talk about somebody clowning Jesus, making fun of Jesus, I would say you probably want to start there. Uh, let's put up the picture of the young lady who made the song that she's so upset about. Well, this is Flyana Boss. The song is You Wish 
And let me read the lyrics. It says, hello, Christ. What's up? I'm about to sin again. I said, I love you to that man, but I'm not feeling him. I made a sugar spice, etc." Now, hello, Christ. Uh, first of all, that's called a prayer. Um, at least she's talking to the Lord about it. Uh, number two, we don't know if she means Jesus or not, because Christos means Messiah or anointed one. She may be referring to another. We don't know. But I will submit this to you. Um, you seem to be a little bit overzealous about something. While you think that she's making fun of your Messiah, I'm a man of faith myself. I understand that the Messiah is a conduit to help us understand values. Maybe trying to demonstrate some of those values by example, which by the way, Yahshua did himself, is a more appropriate way to go. Just a recommendation. Sharon, thoughts here. Save the drama for your mama, lady, <laughs> and the tears. Jesus likes a good rap. He's up there chilling with Biggie and Pac as we speak. When he's not with them, he's DMX. So right. save it. Save the drama. Crazy. Yeah. Sharon, always a pleasure having you on the program. Tell people I think follow you. Check out your great work. Pleasure's mine. I appreciate it, Doc. Uh, at TYT Sports, I just uh, taped another installment today. I hope you'll check it out at Sharon Reed Live across all platforms. Always beautiful stuff. All right. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.